let's make sure that we are gathering ourselves. I am grateful for those of you who are in the sanctuary, those of you who are in our streaming sanctuary. Hey, how you doing? All right, so we're going to pray. Um, I got a couple of things to cover. I need to talk about little Cain and Abel a little bit. And um, yeah, why not? So, and then we'll go forward. Amen? Father, I thank you and I honor you. Lord, you are good. God, you're kind. You're merciful. You're a healer. Better than life itself. Lord, as I stand before you, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Allow us, God, to have a mind to serve you. A heart for work. Then God, make us not just hearers of the word, but doers. In the strong name of Jesus the Christ, son of the living God. Amen and amen. All right. So I talked a little bit on Sunday about the way of Cain. And we've been talking about these patterns, 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 patterns. The power of patterns, what patterns mean, what patterns do, how we see patterns. And we see it with Cain and Abel. We saw how Eve was beguiled by the serpent, right? How she is twisted and turned, how jealousy enters in. She wants something she cannot have, amen. We see that then translate over into Cain. We see Cain rise up and kill Abel. We see that translate into Lamech, amen. We see Lamech then uh, moving on and killing two men, amen. So we see this pattern, if you will. But I want to go back to the way of Cain because we've looked at the transfer of patterns in the family. How many of us who are here have seen pattern transfer in your own life? Amen? Pattern transfer. So in other words, you can look at yourself and you can go, oh man, I've seen this happen in other people. Or this is just like what my mother did or my auntie or something like that. That's pattern transfer. And erroneous pattern transfer can often go undetected all under the guidelines of that's just how we do things, right? So sometimes we miss the fact that there's a transfer of pattern all because it's like we think that it's normative. This is the way it's going to always have to be. Does that make sense? So when we look at the patterns of the family, we began to look at Cain and Abel as we studied it past Sunday. Go to Genesis 4. I want to articulate some more pattern issues. We're going to do some pattern evaluation. Amen? And I know some of y'all sick of me talking about patterns. Well, I'm not done. So in order for us to evaluate our patterns, let's look at Genesis chapter 4. And we're only going to be in eight verses tonight. Well, nine. Nine verses. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of flocks. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Pay attention to that verse. Abel was a keeper of flocks. Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Verse 4, Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering... He had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. What's wrong with your face? I know some parents have said that. Get your face together. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? What's wrong with your face? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? 
And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Now here's what's interesting. Cain kills Abel, right? What did Abel do to Cain? Nothing. Somewhere in there, there's a frustration. I don't like the fact that God honored what you gave and didn't honor what I gave. This is really the bottom line. God, you liked his offering more than mine and I'm going to kill him for it. Which means that there are people in your life that are frustrated all because of the favor that rests on you. Never mind. There will be people who you have done nothing to whose problem with you is based upon how God feels about you. This is really what this is. I don't like how God feels about you, and I want to kill you for it. But let's go through a couple of principles here. Y'all ready? I'm going to mess with a couple of myths. Number one, the issue is not what they brought. I'm going to mess with some myths of this text. Because people have said, well, the reason that he liked Cain's, I mean, you know, Abel's offering over Cain's was because Abel gave a blood offering. Have you heard that? Abel gave a blood offering, but Cain didn't give a blood offering. No, let's look at verse two again. Abel was a keeper of the flocks. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Y'all see that in your Bibles. Both of them now was a tiller, was a keeper. This is, these are statements of identity. Pay attention. So both of them gave according to who they are. God had no problem with what they gave. Oh, pay attention. So this is important because we have so many people that, yeah, you might not go as far as murder, but what we will do is we'll try to emulate what we think God is pleased with. So instead of being yourself, what you want to do is you want to emulate someone else's identity all because you see the hand of God on them. So instead of you just continuing to be a tiller of the ground, you want to start being a keeper of flocks. All right, let's put it in 2022. You're not called to sing, ma'am. You're not called to sing, sir. It's not your ministry, right? But, but you like the way people respond to the singer. And so because you are addicted to the response, you cease to do what you're supposed to do, therefore putting yourself at odds with God. And then do what you're not supposed to do trying to get on good terms with people, okay? This is not the problem. So any teaching that you have heard which said that the reason that Abel's offering was better was because it was blood is not biblical. Had nothing to do with it. That's not the issue. They brought what they were designed to bring. I need somebody to just put that as a little caveat in your notes. Bring what you're designed to bring. Come on, put that as a little caveat. Put, put it in there. Bring what you're designed to bring. Stop trying to bring something to God that you weren't designed to bring. Amen. Hey, what are you supposed to be bringing to the table here? But the first clue as to the problem with this pattern, and this is where our trajectory will be tonight, is the priority of the giving. What do you mean? It wasn't what they brought. It was the priority of what they brought. So when I start talking about going the way of Cain, hear this when I say this. Cain has a priority problem caused by a heart condition. Cain has a priority problem 
caused by a heart condition. The issue wasn't even how much they brought. But we do see a difference in the order or the priority of their giving. Now, before I go forward, I need to say something important. I am not just talking about money. Don't get this twisted in this lesson tonight. Right? Don't get that twisted. You know, that this is, this is a money sermon. This is not a money sermon. It is not. Uh, this, is, this is not that. Whatever you're giving, what is the priority of it? See, the issue with a Cain pattern is that God is not first. That's the problem with Cain. The pattern of Cain puts God secondary, tertiary, wherever, but it ain't first. Cain, let's look at, let's look at verse 3. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord. Of the fruit of the ground. That's good, right? Ain't that good? Cain brings an offering. Ain't that nice? Of the fruit of the ground. Ain't that nice? Nothing wrong with it. It's nice. Nice little offering from the fruit of the ground. But there's something different. Abel, on his part, also brought of the, what's the next word? There we go. Abel brought of the firstlings. It's easy, y'all, to read into this text that both of them brought of the firstlings, but they didn't. It's not what it reads in any translation. Cain didn't bring of the firstlings. Abel brought of the firstlings. What is the firstlings? The firstlings is like a first fruit. It literally meant the choices that came first. Now, I know, I know, before somebody gets frustrated, I know that some of the first fruit understanding uh, and teaching has, has, has gone rogue. I know. This is not that. Okay? What Abel literally did is the first offspring of his animals he gave to the Lord. The first and best. What Cain did, however, is he got a full harvest and just pick God out some. Y'all. You see? He took a whole harvest and was like, here God, you can have this part. What Abel did is said, I don't even know, y'all about to catch something, I don't even know if another lamb will be born, but the first one you get. You're catching it, right? I don't even know if I'm going to get another lamb. I don't know if I'll have any more animals, but what I do know is the first ones that's going to be born is yours. It's very different. I want us to be honest with ourselves. How do we treat what we render to God? Do you say, come on, the way of Cain. Here's everything I have, God, and this part's yours. Or... God, this is the way of Abel. You're first before anything else. Hmm? Okay. I know people who get up in the morning and, you know, you have those cups, those, those, those mugs that say things like, but first coffee. <laughs> but first coffee. And what you're saying is, before I interact with anybody, we're going to need to make sure that we are adequately caffeinated. Okay? We need to make sure that we're adequately caffeinated before we have to do any peopling because I need to make sure that I'm able to engage with you from a caffeinated state. Watch this. Please understand that caffeine is an intoxicant. <laughs> it's a narcotic. Oh, y'all quiet up in here. <laughs> and so what you're saying is, let me get my fix in order to, watch this, shift who I am. Because I'm unable to deal with you without manipulation of identity. Now watch. So caffeine is first. It's quiet in here. Caffeine's first. 
And this is how we do God. What's first for you? Oh, I love y'all. What's your priority? What gets your first fruit? Even fiscally, maybe the reason that some of us are struggling with the recession is because God was always a line item. God should not be in your bill list. Oh, yes. Let's talk in here. See, God, see, if tithe is right there next to DPNL, oh, let's talk in here. And you're calculating that in your budget? Quiet. Quiet. It's quiet. Then what you're saying, God, is if my budget numbers don't work out and something got to give. However, watch this. Let's get to some truth. Watch this. The tithe is not yours. Which means if we really want to get to where the, the tire meets the road, your budget starts after the tithe has been taken. So, 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 if you get $100, you don't have $100. I'm just doing simple math. You got $90. And, and, and oh, jeez. Don't get stuck here, Jesus. And if we really want to talk covenantially about our giving, the tithe is actually the floor and not even the ceiling. Because all of this error that's being taught about the tithe being under the law, that's also not, okay. In Genesis, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm supposed to be dealing with Cain. I'm supposed to be dealing with Cain, but I'm out here. Since, since the way, watch this, since the way of Abel is a giving way. I'm, come on, the way of Abel is a giving way. See, the way of Cain is the way uh, of consumerism. The way of Cain is the way where God gets fit in. But Abel is a giver. Okay, y'all see, see. I've been pastoring almost 20 years and I try my best to touch lightly when it comes to the subject of giving. And I'm talking about give your time, give your talents, give your resources, all of that. I try my best because everybody, see, we got, people get frustrated when you start dealing with their treasure. But I can't deal with your inner man and not touch your treasure. Because where your heart is, there is your treasure also. So you can't want your inner man to be clean, but y'all don't want me to talk about your treasure. Okay, all right. Genesis 14. Mm, please. Verse 17. Then after his return, this is Abram. This is Abram. This is Abram. His name ain't even got changed yet. This is Abram. And, and FYI, the law has not been given. Are y'all in the room? The law does not get given until Mount Sinai uh -huh, to Moses. This is Abram. God gave the law to Moses. Uh -huh, this is Abram. He gives the law to Moses after the people had left Egypt, after they had gone through the Red Sea, and he had to go up into Mount Sinai and get the tablets. This is Abram. This ain't the law. Okay. After his return from the de defeat of Cherlomar and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shava. That is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, uh -huh. king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Look at that communion service. Now he was a priest of God most high. He, this is, this is Melchizedek blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He 
tenth of what? Oh, not just the money? Okay. He gave him a tenth of all. So this is for all the people who say that a tithe is not money. No, a tithe, he gave him a tenth of everything. And he says, the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take a thread or a sandal phone or anything that is yours. See, I wish somebody had this mindset. Abraham was like, I ain't taking nothing they mine. I promise God I'm not taking nothing that's not mine. This is Abram. Y'all do know that Galatians says, if he be Christ, you're Abraham's seed. It's Galatians 3. And heirs according to the promise. How you want to be an heir according to the promise, but don't want to do what the promise keeper does? I will take nothing except what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. Let them take their share. And so he sits there. And Abram gave, this is the tithe right here. Abel ain't stingy, y'all. Quiet. I said, Abel is not stingy. One more time. Abel is not stingy. Let's just really be honest. Who's getting the most of you? Who's getting the first of you? Who's getting the best of you? Y'all need that again? Who's getting the most of you? Who's getting the first of you? Who's getting the best of you? Y'all want it one more time? Who's getting the most of you? Who's getting the first of you? Who's getting the best of you? I need y'all to be honest right there. Who's getting the most of you? If it's not God, there's a problem. Who's getting the first of you? If it's not God, there's a problem. Who's getting the best of you? If it's not God, there's a problem. What Cain said is, as long as God gets something, I should be good. As long as I went to church on Sunday, God, what's the problem? Was that the most of you? Was that the first of you? And was that the best of you? Because odds are that was the end of your weekend where your Sunday experience was the tired you, the frustrated you because you got to work tomorrow, and the broke you because you done spent everything that you had on the rest of your stuff all week. Hmm? God's getting your end of week money, your end of week strength, and your end of week time, even though Sunday is the first day of the week. has a firstling mentality and Cain's always want to kill Abel's everywhere where you see the spirit of Cain you found Abel's enemy and it's possible, just like we saw in the text, come on Revelation just like you saw in the text that Cain and Abel come from one parent and live in the same house. As a matter of fact, many Abel's marry Cain's. It's silent in, this, in the church. And then they argue over money. <laughs> Chantrice just woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh? Many, many, many Cain's and Abel's get married. And then they argue because their giving is not from the same source. We can give. We can give. But why we got to give the first? The best. The most. See, here's the reality about the, the 90%. That ain't yours either. Keeping it is grace. 
not entitlement. So the issue was not how much they brought. The difference was the order and priority of their giving. Are y'all catching this tonight? Remember, I said it before. Cain has a priority problem caused by a heart condition. Now, let me say this. You will not catch the revelation of this in your flesh. You won't. You won't because the things of the spirit are not carnally discerned. You won't catch the revelation of this because right now somebody is trying to budget faith. Oh, I'm going to come right back around to it, but since, since uh, watch this. Hmm, should I do that? Yes, go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. So the tithe is not under the law. Amen? Did y'all just catch that? And I know some of y'all frustrated. I'm looking at y'all because y'all kind of tithers. You're kind of tithers. When you get extra, you, you when I get extra tithers. That's not a tither. If the only time you give is when you can fit it in, you're not a tither. Just don't call yourself that. Say you're a giver. Just say you're a giver. I'm a giver. Amen. It's no problem. But don't say you're a tither. Just don't. Just say you're a giver. Now be, be very clear about what type of giver you are after you say you're a giver. Because scripturally, giving comes in five different types. So stop looking for the blessing of one type of giving when you ain't doing that type of giving. So in the Bible, you have tithe, offering, seed, gift, and blessing. Tithe, offering, seed, gift, and blessing. Many people ain't never gave a seed, but you keep quoting seed verses. So you're going around talking about, he gives seed to the sower. And he will multiply my seed sown. That's true. But you ain't got no seed in the ground. You might have a gift. You might have gave a blessing. You could have a tithe. You can even have an offering. But none of those are seeds. Then when you plant a seed, don't turn around and quote, he opened up the windows of heaven and poured me out a blessing I won't have room enough to receive. That don't go with seeds. That's attached to tithe and offering. This is called a appropriation of biblical knowledge so you want windows to be open but you haven't used the key that opens windows are y'all in here huh now so when people then turn around and say but the bible says you know he loves a cheerful giver but giving is an umbrella term that includes tithe offering seed gift and blessing so giving is the umbrella, which means I want you to be a cheerful tither, a cheerful seed sower, a cheerful giving of blessings. Are y'all with me? A cheerful gift giver. But all of those things are different because watch this. Stop saying this is a gift, but you want a return. No returns come from gifts. You're stingy. Nobody gives a gift and say what you got me. That wasn't a gift. So if you're talking about, and he, you know, some 10, some 20, some 100 fold, oh, you need a return. Well, in order for you to have a return, you got to put something in the ground that yields return. Gifts don't yield returns. Okay. Y'all in Hebrews, I wasn't even supposed to be here, y'all. Jesus Christ, son of God. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse, let's, let's just start at verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest. But he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Verse 6. Just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now where have we heard that from? Isn't it interesting that in Genesis, Abram meets a guy named Melchizedek. 
and he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And now we in Hebrews, and the writer of Hebrews says Christ is the priest after the order of Melchizedek, which now means that Christ is not of the Arianic priesthood. No, 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 no. Christ is not of any other priesthood because we know that Christ comes through the tribe of Judah, which contains no priest. So in order for Jesus to be a part of any priesthood, he couldn't be a part of Aaron. He had to be a part of another priesthood, which has neither beginning of days nor end of life, neither father nor mother. So Jesus is of the priesthood of Melchizedek. Now, if Abram before the law, before the cross and before the Holy Ghost will give a tenth part of all to Melchizedek, how much more should we give when we're supposed to be of, of that same mindset in a better covenant based upon better promises to somebody who is of the same priesthood do you really think that the tithe is still our firstling never mind I'll leave that there for somebody to pick up cause if a tenth was good enough for Abram how are you trying to give a fifth got Jesus on the liquor aisle I'm teaching this from the perspective of this. I need you to be honest about what pattern you're under. I'm not teaching this from the perspective of I'm not going to do no offering line. Nothing. Don't nobody have to give nothing. But I'm teaching this from the perspective of what's your pattern? Where's your pattern? Amen. Because some of y'all are asking God to do something that you've done nothing for him to do it. Do it, God. He was like, see, you wouldn't have to beg me for something if you just worked your keys. I have principles. And I'm not a man that I should lie, and neither the son of man that I should repent. And if I said it, I make it good. Now, you're sitting up there begging me for something that I promised you, but the reason you're begging me for it is because you've done nothing that you're supposed to do to get the promise. The heart of the giver is revealed when you watch why they give, not what they give. Hear me. The heart of the giver is revealed when we watch and pay attention to why they give, not what they give. This is one of a million reasons why I hate offering lines. It's one of a million reasons. I hate them for a million reasons, but this is one of them. Because just because you can afford to give what the preacher asks, don't mean you got a heart. Come on, let's teach the whole gospel here. Huh? Because the widow was sitting there outside the treasury, and the Bible says she had a mite. Just, yeah, just, just a widow's mite. Everybody else gave more than her. Y'all missed it. Everybody else gave more than her. And Jesus, watching the offering line, ignored them all. The widow puts in her might. And Jesus was like, see that right there? She gave more than everybody. They were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She didn't give enough. She didn't give no big offering. He said, but here's the difference. All of them gave out of their abundance. She gave everything. In other words, she had the pattern of Abel. Everybody else was going the way of Cain. Y'all going to catch this pattern. Your best, your first, the most. Amen. Like, listen, Western consumerism has messed us up. It has. Western consumerism has messed us up. Because nobody looks at your, your, your giving or, or how much has gone out, your budget at the end of the year. And nobody seems to feel any type of way that most of us have given a fraction to God than we gave to our own houses. 
And then we don't look at how that compares to Haggai. Where in Haggai, he says, so all of y'all go to your own houses and everything's all good. You got your own paneled houses, but you come to my house and y'all don't take care of my house. Consider your ways. I'm going to make you put your money into a bag with holes. This is Haggai. So, okay. It is my prayer. It is my prayer that if I was to look at my spending for a year, that God would be at the top. But for most of us, because of Western consumerism and the way that we live, it's probably your house, then your car. Let me really mess something up. Then your insurance. Don't nobody want to talk to me. So that means, and then and God sometimes is not fourth, fifth. Watch this. House car, insurance, groceries. And then for some of us, it'd be other silly stuff. Amazon. Right. Definitely Sheehan. Definitely that. Definitely that. Are y'all walking with me? I need y'all to listen to me close. Because I need y'all to recognize how, watch this, the way of Cain has become the way of America. And the way of Abel has become weird. But what I'm arguing tonight as simply as I can is that the way of Abel is actually the narrow path. Because yes. Yes. men call on the name of the Lord in Abel's way. Cain's people don't call on the way of the Lord. They get loans. They build empires for their families. Cain don't build an empire for God. Cain builds an empire for themselves. What do we call that in 2022? Legacy building. So your family will be known, but Jesus won't. Your children will, your children will know what you left them, but not know that Jesus is a savior. Okay. This reveals the heart of the giver. Remember, when we speak about giving in terms of the mindset of Cain, let us make sure that we don't confine it, this to money. But there's some lessons here. Anybody being agitated? Wonderful. Listen, let me agitate you a little bit more. While we often have said, watch this, I need somebody to show me. How many of you have ever say it, I'm just going to need them to show me. Talk is cheap. Come on, how many, any talk is cheap? Actually, words are very expensive. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's, let's fix that. Because words, words are actually very, very expensive. Right? And so when we're talking about talk is cheap, no. See, when you say that, what you did is you belittled Watch this. The value of your word huh, by proclaiming that someone else's word was invaluable. When you say talk is cheap, you won't even listen to the prophet. When you say talk is cheap, you will minimize the sermon. When you say talk is cheap, prayer don't even work the same. Because in the atmosphere, you have built a pattern in your own ears that talk is not valuable. Why? Watch this. Faith comes by, okay. Faith comes by hearing, huh? And hearing by the word of God. That's actually a two-part premise. Part one, faith comes by hearing. 
you will have faith in whatever you hear. But proper hearing comes by the word. If you don't get the end part, you'll have faith in the wrong thing. Watch this. Faith don't come from thinking. Faith doesn't come from meditating upon. No, no, no. And as a matter of fact, watch this. The meditation of scripture is actually verbal. It's not internal. Because in Psalms 1, in his law, he meditates day and night. That word meditate actually means to mutter. So you're not, you can't meditate scripturally in silence. Lord have mercy. There is impossible to meditate biblically in silence. See, Hinduism lets you do that. Buddhism lets you do that. All of those Eastern religions allow you to reach within yourself and meditate. In, but that's not biblical meditation. The, to, to meditate biblically is to mutter the counsel of scripture from your mouth. Why? Because I need that thing to come out of my mouth to reach my ears. I can't hear my thoughts. So I need to say things like my word is powerful. The word of the Lord stands forever. Huh? You got to say that thing. Huh? How in the world have we allowed Rick Ross to become the poster child of positive affirmation? Oh, y'all. Uncle Surgeon, he's viral. Waking up giving positive affirmations. Rick Ross, the poster child of positive after affirmation. They reposted his video. Really? Huh? Rick Ross. Whereas us, we just... Say something, ma'am. Speak, sir. Death and life are not in the power of the mind. They're in the power of the tongue. And watch this. Power. Yod. Death and life are in the power or the yod in the Hebrew of the tongue. The word yod in the Hebrew is hand. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. It's actually the same exact word that God asked Moses when Moses was afraid about crossing the Red Sea. He said, what is in your hand? What is in your yard? You don't think you can do this? You don't think you can go forward? You don't think you can lead my people? Watch this. Your ability to lead, your ability to do the supernatural is about answering the question, what is in your hand? And he tells us what's supposed to be in the hand of the believer. Death and life are in your hand. And they that love it, eat the fruit thereof. That's why I say that your mouth is a fruit producer. So when you're walking around talking about I'm not good enough, when you're walking around talking about I'm not going to make it, when you're walking around talking about I'm not going to graduate, I'm probably not going to get the loan no way. Come on now. When you're walking around talking all of this negative stuff, you're going the way of Cain. Because what happened when Cain didn't do right? God didn't even punish Cain. But Cain said, glory to God, Cain's mouth. He said, what's wrong with your face? Why your face? Your countenance all twisted. You're angry. Get your face. That's how we do. Come into church with your countenance falling. God giving you a word that'll bring new life and your countenance falls. God is pulling you out of darkness into the marvelous light and all you can do is put your countenance down. Come on now, talking about I feel some type of way. You better feel good that God still got breath in your body. Come on now, what's, get your face. Get your faces together. Because be like, thank you, God. They, come on, thank you, God. This could have went a whole nother way. It could have went a whole nother way. You could have taken me out before I got revelation. Ha, but the fact that I got revelation and I still got breath, I will bless the Lord. Hey, at all times, his praise shall continually be in my, I will not go the way of Cain. Abel is a different mentality. 
Abel is like, look, I'm giving the firstlings. I know we don't like it. I'm giving the firstlings. I'm giving the firstlings. Here, God, you first. You first, God. Huh? You first. And listen, stop being all spooky. Start, start, off, start off small. Tomorrow, when you wake up, before you reach for your phone, tell the Lord good morning. See, y'all, y'all play too much. Because for some of y'all, the first thing you do, scroll, scroll. Huh? Before you reach for Facebook or InstaLive, before you reach for any of that, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Lord. Before I see what they're going through. Huh? Before I allow them into my eye gates. Huh? Before I allow what they're going through to shift my confession. I won't allow my confession to be shifted. Huh? Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity has sworn deceitfully. Come on here. This is what we're supposed to do. But by the time you get to Facebook, full post in, you swearing deceitfully. Six post in, you done lifted up your soul to vanity. Y'all not in here. Because after the six post, I should have bought that skirt. You done lifted up your soul to vanity. Huh? Eighth post. Who they talking about? Your, your hands no longer clean. Tenth post, I should clap back. Your heart ain't no longer pure. And then you set the phone down and you want to pray from a corrupted place. You want to pray from that place. The place that has already been shifted. And you think you can pray pure like that? see here's the thing about Cain and this is why we miss him in church it's 806 Cain knows to give Cain's a giver y'all pastors love Cain pastors normally won't rebuke Cain because most pastors don't care about your heart they only care about your hand Cain's a giver he knows to give, he's willing to give, and he does give. Huh? And in most churches, you are a model member. Because you know to give, you're willing to give, and you do give. Model member. Cain shows up. Cain participates in service. Cain gives offering. Cain gives time. Cain just don't give their best time. Cain don't give their first time. Cain certainly don't give the most time. You in here? Cain, see what, what Cain, Cain's a giver, but Cain is also probably, you know, he's going to throw a little something in the basket, but also to the Salvation Army and also to the Red Cross and also to Goodwill Easter Seals and also to whatever organization they're a part of and also to whatever is on the corner and also to everybody else. And at the end of the day, you know, they really don't see the church as their primary source of anything. And God is just someone nice to Cain. Cain knows God, Cain understands God, but Cain definitely doesn't have God in the first place. <laughs> Quiet in here. Cain hasn't read Matthew 6. Cain, Cain never read, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. Cain does not have his giving in the right place or the right priority. When we see it, because he gets angry. God, look, look, look at verse 5 again. I'm back in Genesis. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. 
He had no regard. That word regard, that means God didn't pay it no attention. The word, the word in the Hebrew is interesting. It literally means like to look up on, to focus on, to look at, to pay attention to. In other words, God was like, I ain't paying that no attention. Ain't that something? But here's our issue. Oh, man. Many of us don't care if God is paying attention to our gifts because the people around us are. Who cares if God hates our singing? The people in the church like it. Who cares if we misrepresent all the scriptures we preach? The people love their clothes. I mean, we laid them out. One preacher told me, he says, Doc, I preached them crazy. That's what he told me. He's, I preached them crazy, Doc. Doc, I killed them. I killed them. I got them good. I said, oh, is that right? Yeah, Doc. One of my members, Doc. One of my members, Doc, that wasn't, we wasn't doing right. I went over and I just hollered next to him. <laughs> I killed him, Doc. Now watch this. That's become the benchmark of preaching excellence. Whether or not you can hold a tune at the end of your sermon. The benchmark, <laughs> the benchmark of preaching excellence is no longer rightly dividing the word of truth. We actually don't even care about your orthodoxy. Don't care at all. Y'all in the room? So he didn't pay no attention. Look at verse 6. Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance falling? Like God literally didn't get it. Like, what is your problem? I didn't, in other words, this was God like, I didn't even say nothing to you. I just didn't pay what you did no attention. Oh, so I get it, Cain. You're mad because you didn't do anything worth my attention, but you think you deserve my attention. Cain believes God has to honor him. Cain is like, how in the world are you going to overlook me and honor someone else? As if God can't do what God want to do. Again, Cain has a priority problem caused by heart condition. Abel demonstrated faith by placing God in the primary position of his life. Abel demonstrated faith by placing God in the primary position of his life. You cannot say that you have faith when God is not in the primary position of your life. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Boom. There you go. Help her out. She got it. She got it. Teamwork makes the dream work. It's all right. It was, it was at least 100 words ago. At least. But Abel demonstrated faith by placing God in the primary position of his life. My, my, I'm going to read one more verse. I'm going to read one more verse, but I, I, I need... You guys, to be honest, is God in the primary position of your life? It's fine. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why 
I firmly agree with my brother Bishop McNeil that the highest praise is yes. Because yes says, God, whatever you do, my answer is yes. But for many of us, he's not in the primary position. And when he's not in the primary position, when God says something, you're like, let's see. Do I have time? Is something else there? Check my schedule, God. Let me see if that fits with my priorities. With my priorities. With my will. Because listen, when God is not primary, listen, listen, this is important. Listen to this revelation. When God is not primary, you will never pray the prayer of the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. When God is not primary, it's always your will before his will. And watch this. If you never get past your garden, you'll never conquer your cross. And if you think you don't have a cross, you didn't listen to Jesus. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow. And so if he tells us to deny myself and take up my cross and follow, that means that how Jesus handled his cross is the blueprint for how I'm supposed to handle mine, which means that there's always going to be a moment before our personal Golgotha that our flesh will try to raise up. But if the track record of our life says that God is not primary, when it's time for revelation to come by victory over our Golgotha, we will always fail. Because, Lord, you wasn't primary before the cross, so you ain't going to be primary during it. <laughs> See, if God wasn't primary when Jesus was at the wedding, he wasn't going to be primary when Jesus was in his passion. I'll say it another way. If you won't even say yes to God when things are good, you certainly ain't going to say yes to God when you're in trauma. See, we think that when, okay, when it gets hard, we're going to call on God. Not really. Not really. We'll say godly things. But we're not really calling on him. Oh, yes, we are. No, you're calling on help. However, it gets there. You want the Lord to send help but you don't want the Lord to be the helper. Look at your prayers. Lord, send help. When you say stuff like that. But you don't necessarily want the Lord to be the helper. I'm cool with you paying the bills. Just after you pay it, don't talk to me no more about the money. I'm good with you healing me. But after you've healed me, don't tell me what to do with this body. Don't tell me what to do with this body. Because my sickness is based upon my poor stewardship anyway. So let's not talk about that. Hebrews 11. This is my last verse. Remember, Abel demonstrated faith by placing God in the primary position of his life. Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. It's pretty clean, right? By faith, by substance and evidence, by a title deed, Lord have mercy. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Now watch this. I want y'all to pay attention to how powerful Abel is. Abel's giving was so powerful on the mind of God that God testified about him. Oh, you know you've pleased God when God talks about you. 
for a second. Abel been dead by the time the writer of Hebrews gets this revelation. Ben. And God says, Abel is still on my mind. What is God's testimony about you? Can God testify about your life? Can God? I don't care nothing about people testifying. See, 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 there we go. <laughs> this is why I think some pastors love appreciation services. God ain't got nothing to say about them, but the people do. Can God testify about you? I mean, can, can God? <laughs> like he did with Job. See, have you considered my servant Job? He's my servant. I mean, come on. God himself testified about Job in the company of the angels. Told Satan to his face. Have you considered it? But what would God say about you? Oh, they sometimes, they go to church and the people like them, but you know. They got an album out, but I don't know them. They preach all over the country, but I don't talk to them much. Big church, but I don't visit often. Investments, no power. Are y'all catching this? I don't want to go to way. Okay. I want to go to way. Lord, I thank you and I honor you. You're good, kind, and merciful. Help us hide this word in our heart that we may not sin against you. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for the stretch. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer. Marketplace Movement is still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media or watch us at themarketplacemovement.online.church or our church website, themarketplacemovement.com. View worship. The Marketplace Movement, where we continue to reach, enhance, and advance lives.